Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church, where we look to connect the events of the weekend with our lives lived Monday through Friday. I'm here with the one and only Pastor Jay Ewing. Hey, friend. What's up? And the one-er-er and only-er-er, <laughs> Melissa Christensen. <laughs> Great right. grammar-er yeah. on this. It's How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Good. How are Good. you? I'm doing all right. We had a, a national holiday this past week. Yeah, God bless we America, did. my friends. Yeah. Super God bless. fun. Do you have any yeah. favorite Fourth uh, of July traditions that you pull out every year? Well, I mean, basically any holiday is a time to eat too much food, and this one is particularly sure. grilled food. So yeah, grilled that's food. always a big one. Do you guys have anything that you guys like doing? There's always sheet cake. That's my 4th of July traditions. And oh. it's always vanilla. Like the Texas sheet cake? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it always is like raspberries or the stripes, blueberries. Are the oh, that. It's like sheet really cake. I'm surprised yeah. you went straight with sheet cake and not the Texas sheet cake bar. I, I thought Texans like had to insert their, their <laughs> heritage into every conversation. That's not a Texas so. sheet cake, though. That's that, something different. That oh, okay. is sheet cake. Yeah. Gotcha. It's what I grew up in Texas eating called sheet cake. Gotcha. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Melissa, what do you do? Uh, well, we have a, some friends that we actually have known since high school that we hang out our families every year on the 4th of July. We have teenage kids and we force them to go for a hike and I love fireworks. Yeah. We and love hey, them. And so I have to see fireworks. We talked about this today. That I don't think, I, this is kind of a hot take with Zach what? over there. He does not look happy no, with Before that. we go there, where'd you do all this at? Uh, uh this year, Leadville. Oh, it's one of your favorite towns. Uh, yes. We, We're we, not supposed to talk about it I on know, the podcast. I know. We though. do, though. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. Top five Colorado towns, Leadville in that, or top 10? Top five for me? Sure. Definitely. Top five for most Coloradans. Oh, probably not for most yeah, Coloradans. But for me. Leadville is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Back to not liking fireworks. Zach has something to say because he. Well, I mean, you were like groaning there's, over there. There's yeah. a difference between segue and saying what I'm about to say. Like, back to not liking fireworks. Zach, <laughs> did you have something to say there? <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't like fireworks. Uh, they are overrated. Overrated? Uh, and and it probably seems very un-American to not like this Chinese invention. But uh, <laughs> it's, it is something that isn't a particular favorite of mine. It could just be like... Uh, when I was in seminary, I was living in a lower income area because uh, yeah. I was in seminary uh, and with other seminary dudes. And the four months or so leading up to 4th of July and Always about fireworks. the four months uh, following 4th of July, fireworks at 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. And so that's kind of annoying. We also lived in an area where I could go to uh, Disneyland all the time and Emily and I would go after work. And so I have seen the Disneyland for, uh, fireworks show 6,000 times. Which so it's is not, so good, though. It's so, so and, and so what I'm saying, it's uh, I've had too much of it, and I've had the best of it too much. So even if you do like your sheet cake, and it sounds delicious, if you had four of those sheets... <laughs> just once a year. Yeah, but you just might not have too much more sheet cake if you ate four in one sitting. By the way, Na Texas National Independence is March 2nd. It's already happened in 2021. We're always ahead of gotcha. the, No gotcha. one celebrated. Yeah, for one, for some reason, it just was not even a blip on my radar Weird. for uh, the the... <laughs> I don't know, however many years I've been alive time. That's, the, that's how often it's happened. By the way, we had a great conversation with our youngins who are native to Colorado. They were born in Colorado. Mm. But I got to explain the Alamo, Texas history over our family camping trip a few weeks ago, and it was delightful. Yeah. 
And also probably a little confusing. <laughs> it's Anyways. awesome. Hey, you know, it's not my fault that we take three different years of our academic educational life in Texas public schools to talk about Texas history. I nice. hate to like bring you down, but most states do that. Well, well not Texas history. Not Texas, not Texas but history. state history. Yeah. Do you do it three times? Three times in your academic cycles? So, uh, well, so like, I mean, I was in Missouri six. for part of it and Colorado for part oh, of it. So the so fact that I even three. caught both is probably means we do it for multiple <laughs> years. And it was something that really caught me off guard. Like it made so much sense later on. But in California, learning California history, like a big part of that is we would have to make a mission. So a California mission, oh, yeah. like a model of it. And I remember talking to someone from out of state and they're in fourth grade. And it's like, oh, so you had to make your mission this year. And it's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, oh, do they do, do it a different year? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't have to make mission? missions. <laughs> yeah, they don't exist in other. Well, they exist in some states. States, but it's yeah. not as big of a deal as it is in California. So that's when <sighs> it first dawned on me, uh, embarrassingly late in life. You know that the Texas flag is the only flag in the union to be allowed to fly at the same level as the American flag. Mm. Did you know that? I'm going to fact check mm. that later. Yeah, I'm going to not care about Texas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. So we're in this series of shaping values here at Calvary. But before we get in that, before we get in the real conversation, five minutes in, <laughs> sorry, people of Calvary, uh, I want you to go to calvarybible.com slash events. Check out what's happening in your campus. I don't have a lot of sayings and to-dos on that one because we're going to keep it short with banter. But there you are, calvarybible.com slash events. But as we were saying, we have shaping values this season of Calvary in the summer. How many of you enjoyed the summer series that we've been in? So the preaching series. The thing with podcasts is that our listeners can't respond to you. Yeah. Or are you asking yeah, us? Yeah, I'm asking gotcha. you. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were looking for How have you enjoyed the summer series? It's been awesome. Oh, it's been so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really good. It's fun to, um, I mean, we all have our own playlist of scripture, yeah. but it's fun to uh, have exposure to other people's, you know, favorite scriptures. And um, I, I, a couple of weeks ago at the Erie campus, Gary actually asked the audience to be interactive and yell out some of their favorite scripture references, which I think was mostly just he was showing off. Yeah. Because he knew a lot of them. He totally, he was, I was like, wow. I know. He does, he's, I was he, like kind of nervous for him. Like, yeah. oh, somebody's going to yell out one and he's been, you know, identifying all the other ones. And, mm, yeah. But yeah, he did great. And that was fun too. Oh, you know, it's so fun good. to hear it. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to ask you, uh, I, I'm doing a handful of sermons in this series. So I, I'm revealing to at least the Thornton audience what some of my top passages are. Uh, Jay, you have a, a sermon coming up. Uh, I might be part of a different uh, sermon series that we're in, but still you get to reveal a passage that's impactful for you. So, Melissa. Oh, man. What's your jam? I actually don't like this question. Mm, yeah. And let me tell you why. Have you ever tried to give me a number to remember? Mm. I cannot do it. That's okay. Yeah. So, if I had my Bible here, I could read them all out to you. But I can't just yell out the scripture reference to you. Gotcha. I don't have that sort of talent. What's your favorite book of the Bible, though? I don't have a favorite book. Somebody asked me that the other day, and I was yeah. like, is that a thing that people have a favorite book of the Bible? Well, we all have favorite children. Yeah, mine, mine is so, Mark, uh, Mark, the Gospel of Mark. Mark is, mine. is your favorite? Yeah. yeah. Who's your favorite child? <laughs> Today or tomorrow? <laughs> uh, well, right now, Jay has heard this a million times, but I've been in Psalms for a while, mm. and I have a really great um, 
uh, p- book of poems that goes along with that by who, Jay? Malcolm Gite. Malcolm Gite. Um, and so that's, I don't know, sitting in Psalms is always a good thing. But yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, okay. we should get into the conversation here. Let's do it. We have these things called shaping values here at Calvary, and these are marks, boil down the marks of disciples. We hope that everyone at Calvary is growing in these, not perfected them, but growing in them, Mm -hmm. because we know that's a journey of ups and downs, of good seasons, of bad seasons, of disappointments with God, with each other, with ourselves, but also to be generous, graces by God and with others as we grow in these. In community, we flourish as a people in these shaping values. And this month is, or actually this week, I should say, is confident witness. We communicate in word and deed that salvation is found in Christ alone. And that shaping value is, again, confident witness. So how does confident witness play out in your own lives? How do you think about confidence witness as we talk about it as a shaping value? Well, you cannot talk about it without going to Matthew 28. What's all, Matthew 28? All authority in heaven on earth, as Jesus is saying this, has been given to me. There, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus calls us to go and make disciples of all nations. It's recorded again um, in uh, Acts 1, uh, or a similar version of it that says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, so the local area that they're at, and Judea and Sumeria, just a slightly more broader region of where they're at, and to all the ends of the earth. So it involves both local and global missions because of what Jesus has done, because all authority has been given to him, and because he is with us always, we go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Yeah, that's good. It's also a little intimidating, right? Oh, certainly. Is yeah. that just me? Or? No, yeah. I mean, when you read that, you're like, uh uh-oh. Wait, I'm responsible for yeah, that? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's why we try to offer opportunities and try to think through ways here at Calvary of both local missions and global missions. Uh, we have different staff on this church, but again, it's not just the staff who's doing this. Yeah. Uh, just because... Uh, Pastor Mark Luby is working on global missions does not mean we as Calvary Bible Church get to check that box off. No, we are called all to make disciples mm-hmm. of all nations, even the ends of the earth. Just because uh, uh, Kristen uh, is in Boulder and uh, Jennifer is in Erie and uh, myself and the rest of the team are in Thornton doesn't mean that local missions are covered. It's no, we need the entire church to be doing the entire work that's been called of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you talk about Go and the Great Commission, one of the things for me that's really helpful is knowing that God knows my specific context. He knows my specific capabilities. And he's not going to call me beyond something that doesn't fit who he's made me to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because so many times we read these, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but read like missionary biographies or hear people who live extreme faith and extreme context. And I'm like, I can never do that. In reality, it's asking the question, what is God? How has God called me? How has he facilitated growth in myself through these skill sets that I have, these opportunities I have to reach the nations, to go, therefore, to all the ends of the earth? 
Putting you guys on the spot, have you ever been on, we'll go global missions first. Have you ever been on an overseas missions trip before? I, yes, definitely. You're Many looking times. at me like I have your I know, I, you. I know that you're going to say yes. I've yes. heard this. Yeah, I have. Where have you been? Uh, so not overseas, but we, we went to Mexico, whereas Mexico a yeah. lot in high school. And then I did a discipleship training school with Youth with a Mission right out of high mm. school and went to St. Croix, U.S. Yeah. Virgin Islands. Really tough, tough, tough area. Yeah. Uh, and then Guyana, South America on that. I've also been to Panama. Um, I think that's it. What have you seen God do in you and through you in those trips? You know, I, I most of those trips were when I was younger. Certainly. And I always think one of the most amazing things about going on a trip like that is what God does um, through the other people that I think I'm going there to minister mm. to and the relationships that are formed. And I think it's sometimes hard to see on those short-term trips the long-term effects of what God is doing. Absolutely. Um, but I feel the long-term effects on my own heart and my connection with the people that I meet and the mm. things that I learn in each of those communities, which has been so influential in my life. That's good. Yeah. Jay? Yeah, you know, I've definitely been on the mission field side of things. Actually, at one time thought I was maybe called to it. Yeah. And God shut that door in some pretty unique ways. But um, I've been to Hanoi, Vietnam uh. um, and northern Vietnam on mission trip. Seoul, Korea, um, Ireland. I've been to Juarez a bunch of times because that's how my youth group used to serve. Not really. Um, I'm sure they're not taking youth groups to Juarez anymore, are they? I'm sure they're not. I, I, it's pretty, I hold on. It's pretty sketchy now. It was pretty sketchy. It was pretty sketchy it. then, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, you know, and I, I, I think Melissa's right. It, when you go to short-term missions, it's not really about what you bring for the people, but what they give you in return for when you take home. Mm-hmm. And sort of those contexts of growth opportunities you always have as someone who's in a f- strange land, learning a strange culture, um, and trying to see how the gospel fits into what you've been called to. I yeah. think really that uh, the thing that I feel like other people got from it is just other countries that I was visiting would be um, watching people willingly come to serve them mm. in ways that just seemed mind-blowing. You know, like you're going to come every week and you're going to scrub this bathroom. You're going to come every week and you're going to visit. When I was in Panama, we actually went to a leper colony that Mm -hmm. actually still existed at that time. And, you know, for other people to see that light and influence in your life, I think is powerful. Yeah. I visited a village in northern Vietnam that had never seen, like, white people before. Mm. And that was, like, a unique experience. Like, they didn't know we existed they didn't have the technology, the the scope, the even even with the war there, they never had seen. Mm. Uh, and these kids and these young adults were just like amazed that that human beings existed this way. It yeah. was really unique. So in global missions, which we make a priority because of the Great Commission, which we've read before, uh, it is the giving of ourselves. Inside of that, mm-hmm. we are reminded of this call that is for all people who are following Jesus do. We are reminded that there are people worshiping Jesus in different ways, in different environments, and that is a strengthener for us. Mm-hmm. It's a strengthener for those churches as well uh, to recognize that they are loved and cared for in the same way that we are and loved or cared for by them because we are united in Christ. And it's helping to support it. So uh, God's word can go out and 
and people can know and follow him. And so that's why we place a priority on global missions. We also have local missions. And one of the things that I've been really struck by is just how many stories there are of what uh, Calvary has been able to do in the unique places that Mm -hmm. God has placed our three campuses. Uh, What are some of those stories that that come to mind uh, of what God has done through us locally. Well, you know, we talk about this at Calvary with our scent. So it's calvarybible.com slash scent. It's a great landing page for you. But we have a, what has God called you to where you live, work, and play? Mm. And um, that's a really unique thing just to say right off the bat about our local ministry. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think of um, Tiger Packs here on the mm-hmm. Erie campus, the years of people at Calvary investing in making sure there's kids even in Erie, Colorado, who don't go home hungry over the weekend. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that summertime is usually the, the summer lunch programs that reside in our towns, yeah. um, I think are really just a beautiful expression of people serving um, underserved populations to bring, make sure kids don't go hungry through the day when yeah. school's not in yeah. session. Or snow shoveling. I mean, yep. there's so many just little things, tangible things like that. And part of... Um, learning more about scent for me kind of played into this confident witness. The confident piece of that is hard for me to get, you know, yeah. the witness. I feel like I can talk about anything to anyone, but that confidence part, if you haven't been to seminary, if that's not your background, if you're not good at like listing off your favorite Bible verses at the top of your head, uh, that's the more challenging part. And going through learning more about scent um, just really showed me, gave me this picture that God is working all the time in every single life around me, every single human. And so all he's asking is for me to show up where I am, when I can, however I can, and be in that person's life. And maybe that is at the beginning of their story, and maybe that's in the middle of their story, maybe it's the end of the story. Maybe I'm the person who gets to be there when they come to Christ, and maybe I'm not, and it's 10 years down the road, and they're like, oh, remember that one woman, Melissa, that I was with that one day? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just never know. But just trusting that God is doing the work and knowing that the weight of that work is not on your shoulders to make it happen is so freeing and just allows you to love people wherever they are. Yeah. So why do we do global missions? Why do we do local missions? Why do we do any of the events, whether it's Heart of Advent or anything like that? It is so that we can meet a need very much so that is part of it, but also it is uh, part of us being able to declare the gloriousness Mm -hmm. of Jesus confidently to those that we come across in those ways. And and I think you're you're right on there Melissa of, of it's difficult to do and it's and it's easy to put into this the the fear of rejection of oh, what if they say no to it or yeah. does that mean I'm not being faithful if yeah. they say no to it. And it's the reminder that God is always at work. I, I came across a story of uh, a, a pastor in Arvada, he used to be part of the Village Church, which is just outside of Dallas, Texas, which would make Jay happy. Um, his name is JT English. Uh, the story is that he came to faith with a bite of Big Mac in his mouth <laughs> as someone nervously read to him a gospel tract, just deadpan, without any emotion. That mm-hmm. is not how we would say to uh, to, to present uh, or to confidently witness. But what did I start that story off with? He came to faith mm-hmm. in this way. So the takeaway is that God saves, not our methods. And so that we are called to share the gospel indiscriminately. 
God will bring people to himself, but what we as people who are following him are doing in the places we live, work and play, we are making him known to those that we come across. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, you make a great timely reminder, Zach, that like it's about making disciples Mm. and not just providing a resource for someone. Yeah. And that's, you know, those go hand in hand. You know, those sometimes need years of careful love and attention and patience in order for someone to have the opportunity to share Christ. But um, that's the end result is that Christ is known throughout the world. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. Because of what he has done in us, we find our greatest joy of him continuing to work through us to make himself known to those that we come across as well. It is, it is the greatest of joys for us to see people come to faith and the thought that God would use us as people to make that happen is an incredible, incredible honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally is. You know, one of the things I learned early on when I was in Vietnam, I saw the underground church thriving and I saw people actually, in her stories, people being put in prison for the gospel. And it kept me, it kept me so encouraged to know my faith to love my faith, to share my faith based upon these people who gave all in order for someone to hear Christ. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. All right. Hey, Calvary, we're so thankful you're hanging out with us over the summer on the weekly. Like always, we would ask you to go to your, wherever you listen to your podcast and give us five-star review, nothing below five-star, right? And listen, don't give us four-star just because Jay gave you incorrect facts about the Texas flag. What he said earlier is completely gotcha. untrue. So and, stick with five stars. And don't do oh, what sorry. I did. I m- guess I misunderstood. I gave five stars, but over the course of five reviews. Is that <laughs> not right? Oh, common Ooh, mistake. Common That's mistake. a gotcha. common so mistake. So give one five-star five star review. review. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. one. I well, fix you that. can give yeah. five five-star reviews. Yeah, totally. Okay. We'll take gotcha. five five-stars. Gotcha. But go wherever you listen to podcasts. Make a note. Share it with your friend. We would love for the weekly to get out there among your friends and family. If you hear anything that we said incorrectly, you can always write Zach at, no, just plain. Or Jay. The weekly at CalvaryBible.com. We love to hear our mistakes that we said on live air. Yeah. On air. Into the internet history of the world. That's right. Yeah. Someday your grandchildren will be listening (laughs) to Jay. Oh, man. That's daunting. Hey, but anyways, we'd love to hear from you at the weekly. Give us a note. Tell us what you're doing this summer. What's your favorite thing about 4th of July? We would love to hear about that. Uh, yeah. And always smash that like button when you see it on social media. Mm. It helps others see it. You know, when Tim Gaskins and the comms team put some Zach face up and says, listen to the weekly, hit a like button. You're unraveling. We are called to be confident witnesses, and we are excited to hear about how God <laughs> has worked through you to do that. And we look forward to talking with you in future episodes. I'm unraveling. Peace out, people. <laughs>